Welcome to the Family Fright Night Horror Podcast. Hey everybody, it's Chase Will. Welcome to the Family Fright Night Horror Podcast. Coming at you live, but not actually live. Today I'm joined by director Sean Burkhead, who did Don't Fuck in the Woods, Don't Fuck in the Woods 2, Betsy, the upcoming Animal Instinct in September, and Stranded, coming at Horror Hound Weekend this year. Sean, how are you doing? Uh, Not too bad. What are you working on today, man? <laughs> um, a little this, a little that. Just been uh, trying to take it easy. We had a, we filmed on Mr. Buzzkill two weeks ago, and I didn't really realize how many stunts I was a part of until <laughs> two days later, and I'm still like, Ugh. oh man, sore as hell, right? Yeah, a lot of. Uh, a lot more stunts than what we initially uh, had planned for that film, but it looks awesome. I did one stunt in my life as an actor. It was supposed to be laying on the ground as a horse runs by, like in the background, but I didn't know the horse was wild and it jumped over me as I was laying there. I didn't know that happened until they showed me because I was like, you know, dead in that scene. They're like, dude, you almost died on camera. And I'm like, what better way to go? Right. (laughs) My film legacy, my first film and last film. <laughs> <laughs> now, with, with Mr. Buzzkill, it was a lot of, I mean, A, the circular saw that I'm holding all the time. God, that thing weighs about 15 pounds. Oh, God. Because it's I mean, after old, a minute, that's going to kill your arms. Like, it's an older saw. So when I'm like, even if I got to hold it to somebody for several takes, just anywhere above my waist, man, it starts to wear on you. That's why your shoulders are all jacked. Like you turn into Arnold here, yeah. flexing on us. <laughs> so I start off each episode asking about my guest's favorite horror movie. I know that's kind of a trick question because nobody has just one, but what is yours? Um, I feel like I could answer this question every day. And <laughs> that's how like, it is, right? Do we want wholesome or do we want gore? Okay. What is the movie that inspired you to make these kinds of movies? I guess that's a better question. Um, I feel like it was several. I mean, there was one in particular that we talked about before, Hard Candy. Oh, God. That movie holds up, too. It does. It really does. Every time. Uh, but, man, just my, my like, childhood was, like, just filled with my grandpa uh, taking me to the video store, like, every other day, getting two to three movies. Mm-hmm. and going home so i think i mentioned this like every couple episodes but i miss those days of going to the video store and picking movies like holding them in your hand like taking in that stunning art on the front oh yeah i used to get like five movies for five dollars for five days like that was the deal in my town and i would watch them all in one night (laughs) get through like 25 a week so we, we had uh there was a hollywood video here um, which was, I mean, this was when I was in my twenties, uh, but it, and it closed down, uh, to where it was $10 a month. You can rent three videos every single day, but you just can't rent more than three until you bring those three back. Dude, I would get through so many movies. I mean, I was there every day. <laughs> we were the popular kids in high school, weren't we? Oh Yeah. <laughs> I had such a social life. <laughs> I was the I, kid who knew all the horror movies, though. So if people ever ask, like, you know, what's a scary movie? I'd be like, dude, you're speaking my language. 
I don't know, man. I, I would have to go with uh, trying to think of something like worthy. But I don't know which route to go because it's like, uh, okay, so as a kid, werewolves, well, they still are like an amazing thing that no matter what werewolf movie comes out, I'll take a look at it. Because mm-hmm. it's like, who knows? It could be good. What about the um, the one that came out with Anthony Hopkins back in the early 2000s? It was the remake, I think, of uh, Wolfman, wasn't it? See, I appreciated the story. I liked, I liked parts of it. It just kind of was a little disheartening that it was damn near like 90% CGI. I hate that, dude. That's like the bane of my movie going existence is when they overdo the CGI. It's like you have to mix in practical. Right. Because it's like, I feel like that was almost like a rite of passage for indie filmmakers. If you can pull off a decent werewolf transition mm-hmm. physically, the world's yours. Like American Werewolf in London. That was, all, that was almost all practical, oh. wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Like that was amazing. That still holds up. People complain about, you know, 80s, 90s movies and the practical effects not holding up. I beg to differ. Like that, that truly holds up. Oh, yeah. It's still gross, still uh, still shocking, still amazing to watch. Let's go yeah. another route. What's your favorite splatter movie? Oh, wow. I don't know if that's a more difficult question or not. <laughs> this is why I'm doing the interview. <laughs> I um, ask all the hard-hitting questions. <laughs> I mean, I would have to go with Evil Dead 2 all day long. Oh, yeah. That's a great one. Just I've got I've got I don't really have complaints about that film. Like even the the stop motion, the miniature sets, the way they I mean, let's face it, every indie filmmaker nowadays says like they <laughs> they don't look into like the correct turns, but they're like, I want that evil dead shot. <laughs> and everybody knows what they're talking about. It's through the woods and the everybody knows, or they're like punch in on a face real quick. I like how Sam Raimi holds on to that too and owns it. Like even in the Marvel movies, it's still there. Right. Did you see the new Doctor Strange, by the way? I did. What did you think of it, dude? Sam Raimi. Is that a good laugh or a bad laugh? This is I I like what he did. I just man, I wish he would would have had that opportunity for a different character. Yeah. For, for see me, for me, that, like there wasn't enough multiverse or madness for having like Sam Raimi direct. Right, like, it was cool that, you know, we got to see who we saw in it. I'm not going to spoil it for anybody. Yeah. But other than that, I was just kind of like, there were certain aspects as far as Wanda that felt rushed. Mm -hmm. Like the part where she brings up her kids like 30 times and brings up her dead husband at like just once. Right. (laughs) Um, He didn't write that script, did he? I don't believe so because, um, and I'm horrible with names, but the guy who was originally directing it left because there were issues um, because he wouldn't change things and Disney or Marvel said it was too horror. Uh, See, that's what I would have wanted more of. He left and did the black phone. And did what? The black phone. Oh, I need to see that still. So... I haven't seen it, but I want to see it badly. I'm hearing nothing but good things about it. So I'm excited about a horror movie for the first time in a while. 
Because right. like most of the shit I see that's like mainstream horror, it's always PG-13 and it's never like what it could be if they had just pushed it a little bit further. It never satisfies. No, like the new Grudge movie, that was PG-13, wasn't it? The one they put out like I think last year, year before with Lin Shea. Because I don't oh, know God. if it's PG-13 or not, but it felt like it. I was like, was there a new one? I must have missed that. Yeah, it's easy to miss. <laughs> it wasn't, uh, it's not one of my top 10. But Evil Dead 2, I think that kind of pioneered the uh, the soft reboot, didn't it? Because wasn't that kind of an indirect remake of the first one? I mean, yeah, they, they added more to it, but it was, I, I can't remember. I've got the whole, I've got the big box set that just came out. And I can't remember why they said they ended up making it that that way there was a specific reason and i just don't remember what it was <laughs> and i think it's one of those things where he was like you know i did this the first time but i could do it better now because i learned i want to say it had something to do with distribution as well like the first film only got so much distribution because of i don't know if it was the runtime. i really can't remember <laughs> it's all right man this isn't a quiz. This is fun. <laughs> what do you think of the uh, Evil Dead remake and the upcoming one? I mean, I was a big fan of the remake. Me too. It just. Especially because a lot of it was still practical. To where it's like, I mean, obviously, I would. I wouldn't want to be the director to go into an Evil Dead franchise and add a bunch of cgi that's just not needed mm-hmm. like so far those movies i believe the only cgi has really been like green screen stuff for or the like when the vortex sucks him in and spits him out yeah so it's like very minimal i mean watching the the k and b team like have to design these rows of skeletons to all move at once Knowing the practical effects that went into that, yeah, I definitely wouldn't want to be a director to like soil that. That'd be a be a tough sell. I don't know if I would ever even take that on if I were a director, which I'm not, right. by the way. <laughs> like I respect I, anybody who can do what you do. I mean, for for me, that would be. I mean, I personally, if if they came up to me and said, "Hey, whatever budget you need, we'll pay you millions of dollars." make this i would be like no (laughs) me like and that's not that i don't want to say that i don't have that confidence it's just there's some things that i don't believe need to be touched well they're going to touch the evil dead all over the place until it's done (laughs) but they're not done touching the evil dead yet but at least they're doing it with the people who made the originals. What did you think of the TV show? I mean, I thought it was a little more on the cheesy side, Mm -hmm. but I also kind of feel like that's what I don't, I don't want to say that era of evil Des dead was, but anything with Bruce Campbell in it had some fun to it. Mm Mm-hmm. Like season Where, three for me was like the balance between like the super serious and dark and that campy kind of feel where it's got that right. emotional arc with him and his daughter that comes like full circle at the end. And like no spoilers, but that series finale, one of my favorite things of the evil dead. 
Although it should not have been the series finale. There should have been a season four. I mean, who knows? I hope they do it. I mean, I got to say, I never thought at this point they'd be making like another Evil Dead in general. Yeah. Who knows? Strange things could happen. Did you watch the uh, or play the Evil Dead game that just came out? I haven't, but I know two of my buddies are. Because they are, they are, I call them deadheads. They're <laughs> fanatics. Like, you walk into their house, like, they have shelves of just Evil Dead toys and action figures. Uh, I appreciate Evil Dead. I loved the live uh, the musical. I got to catch that in Vegas. But yeah, I'm, I'm not much of a gamer. Me neither. Like I played The Last of Us 1 and 2, I think, and that was about the final of my experience in video games. Yeah. Although I did play, yeah. what was it, Dead by Daylight or something? Yeah, I played that a little bit. Yeah, I played uh, the last, I want to say it was a, the remake of e- Resident Evil 2. That was fucking fantastic. Um, I mainly just played video games with my kids, and my kids were, were interested in that. And I was like, well, I've played that. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> Did they whoop your ass at it? A lot different than when uh, I was a kid and played the original. For me, like the Resident Evil 2 remake, that was made for fans by fans because part three just fell off for me where they just took all the great parts out of Resident Evil 3 Nemesis and just said, here's the bare essentials. We have Nemesis. We have somewhat of a storyline. It's 10 hours of gameplay. Just buy it. I'm hoping they do part four justice because that comes out next year, I think 2023. And that was, I think, the best Resident Evil game. Yeah. Yeah, with uh, Leon Kennedy and that cult in the woods. Oh, yeah. I played that back in the day on PS2. Oh, yeah. That was a great one. <laughs> Don't we feel old, like, looking back at the 90s? Like, how is 90s rock classic rock right now? What's crazy is that I can remember um, when my wife at the time was pregnant. Uh, with our oldest son um, after she gave birth I knew that she would be laid up you know for a couple weeks to where we bought a PlayStation 2 and we would literally just lay in bed and play Resident Evil like like that was her like relaxing time that is the most romantic thing I've ever heard (laughs) it's like Nicholas Sparks horror right here (laughs) (laughs) Why haven't you made this movie yet, Sean? Eh, well, it the it didn't end well. We got divorced. So uh, sad movie. Yeah. Uh speaking of filmmaking, tell us a little bit about the um upcoming movie Stranded. Um Stranded is a is a beautiful film. It's weird. I went out and I was setting out to make one specific film, but I had done so much research about Bigfoot. And talked to so many people. I went to conventions. Uh, we're also going to be releasing a documentary about Bigfoot to where we actually go out and investigate and try to capture Bigfoot on camera. Spoiler, do you get them? Um, well, we, we haven't got that far yet. <laughs> um, you just catch <laughs> Michael Jordan instead. Just big feet. Right. <laughs> but uh, Stranded is about a... Uh, a family, essentially, uh, some siblings who come together to bury their mother. 
um, who had died from cancer. And one of her last wishes is for her ashes to be scattered at this cabin that they used to go to a lot when they were younger. And it was just kind of like the family cabin. So on their way there, um, they get stranded very close to the, the cabin, but it's still a good 20 miles away. Um, so the oldest brother who has been um, MIA for like the last five years since their father died, um, decides he'll walk back to town, which kind of has given the other siblings PTSD because we all know what happened the last time he left. Mm -hmm. Um, so on his way, he encounters noises and things to the point to where he's getting things thrown at him and he comes face to face with uh, the creature and needless to say he ends up back at the car trying to explain things and from there shit kind of hits the fan and, and encounters ensue Sweet. but there, there's a bigger story to that it, it's it's weird how uh, myself and Cheyenne Gordon we kind of went about weaving in two storylines because the first one starts in uh, 2012 with the opening of the film um, to where several people have gone missing and there's a search party and there's an encounter and somebody survives. So that story arc kind of intertwines with the location and where they are stranded and that, that general area, which it's actually set in uh, Falk, Arkansas. So it's Boggy Creek okay. territory. I like those movies. Like the uh, Bigfoot lore, that to me has always been an interesting thing. It was, I'm not going to lie, several things um, changed about this film during filming it because the first block that we filmed, yeah, we, we went out and um, the first week of March of 2020 and literally when we came back from filming coronavirus hit mm-hmm. Killed to everything. where to where that I mean that that a for sure killed production um, but also like once we started to come out of that like last year um, a lot of people were still weary about traveling and being in that close contact. So we, I, we basically had to do a script rewrite to where I can tell you that this is not a splatter flick. Okay. This, this is, this definitely is more story and creature based. That's what I like about your films is you can do both. Like you're somebody who knows both those realms of splatter and really good storytelling. Well, I'm trying to do both. But it's like there's not as many people who follow the like the the latter. They're they just a lot of people mainly want the splatter stuff. Now, was this originally called something else? Because I thought there was a name change or something. Um, that was uh, Animal Inside was originally called Betsy. <laughs> okay. Um, 
which I, I had honestly until Stranded, uh, that had been my favorite film that I'd made. Like, I, it was everything I wanted it to be. I thought story-wise, it was really great. The acting I thought was really great. Don't get me wrong, that was a tough film to shoot because it was a bare bones crew. There was, I ran camera, my buddy Mike ran sound. Um, I had an AD and a PA who both would be gaffing or whatever, carrying lights. And that was it. See, I like those kind of productions. It's like close with everybody by the end. It's like you all know each other. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, it's like there is no did. anonymity on a small crew. No. Like, and, and that because we had such a small crew that took like, I want to say probably seven weekends to shoot because it was either we'd go to shoot and we'd shoot one night and then we'd be postponed until everybody's schedules met up. And like the woods were once fall and now there's not, there's green leaves on the trees. So it's like the entire end of that film, we actually shot during the summer and in post, we just tinted everything orange and said, you know what? It's fall. Fuck it. <laughs> Whatever. They won't know. <laughs> there was nothing else we could do. So we just went that route. How much did the uh, story change with the name change? Was it like a full rewrite? Um, no, really. That was That was about it. Just the name. Because we had it out through... Uh, one distro company, and they just dropped the ball. Uh, I hate when that shit happens. Two platforms, and then canceled the physical release. So I automatic, I instantly was like, okay, I want the rights to physical back, so I can at least sell it. And then um, it came down to the point where. Uh, we were just like, you know, we need to get this back and find a distributor who will actually put time into it. I was talking to somebody the other day about that. They said distribution is like the hardest thing to get. And like a good distributor is like gold. <laughs> There's so many different. I don't know how to answer that. Because thus far, it, it's so weird. Like there are a lot of people who feel differently about a lot of different distributors. Like a lot of people don't like Gravitas Ventures, mm -hmm. but I have no problem with Gravitas Ventures. They put out Don't Fuck in the Woods when we all thought it was dead. They lived up to their word. I get a check in, a, in the mail the first week of every fourth month. It's like clockwork. Sweet. So I have no issues with them. But to, at the same point in time, other than like two other distro companies that were smaller films and smaller deals, I haven't really worked with any others. So it's like, I know Animal Inside, Stranded, and Don't Fuck 2 are all being released by Wild Eye. You should call it Don't Fuck 2, just Don't Fuck T-O-O. -O. <laughs> you also, Don't Fuck. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited to see Part 2, man. I'm sad I missed it last year at the festival. 
it's gonna be i can't wait for that to come out is there a timeline when it's gonna come out for uh wide yes are you allowed to say no okay i won't ask anymore just not you know morse code it to me later (laughs) i can I can tell you, I don't know what I can tell you. I never asked them what I could and couldn't say. Well, your face Um, tells me it's relatively soon. Is that correct? I can tell you Stranded will not be out this year. Okay. But I can't say that about the others. Ooh. Uh, Going into filmmaking, what is the most challenging aspect of it? I mean, as far as not what you can and can't say, because of course that's its own bag, but like the actual process of filmmaking, like from concept to distribution, what is your process like? The worst part is funding. Funding? Finding funding. That is the worst part. That and casting. I know a lot of directors are like, oh, I love casting because you get to have these moments with these with your characters and with these people and see these characters, these people bring that character to life. That does happen. Mm. But in our bad level, actors too. But at our level and what we can afford to pay those people, <laughs> that doesn't happen as much. You get people where, who are just in it for the money? Oh, there's tons of people who are just in it for the money. Uh, I haven't made a comment about this yet. But there's there's some people that are just kind of, I don't know, it's like the, the way, people are trying to change the way that the film industry is, to an extent, which, and I've reached out to some of these people and I've been like, why? Why would, it's like, for me, when I sign up for a project, I'm not worried about money. Like whether I'm acting, directing, if I like the project, I want to be a part of that project. Like as long as I'm not losing anything, which 90% of the time I'm always losing something, especially (laughs) from my projects. It's like a strong give and take then. (laughs) Yeah. A little more giveth than taketh. (laughs) (laughs) Sean, thank you so much for joining, man. No problem. Hey, you have a great day. You too. Bye.